You are listening to the Financial Clarity for Doctors podcast by Finity Group, LLC, where we discuss the pertinent financial planning topics facing physicians and other medical professionals. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA, SIPC. And now, here are your hosts, Rochelle Vanderzanden and Corey Janoff. Welcome back to Financial Clarity for Doctors, everyone. This is Rochelle Vanderzanden here with Corey Janoff. Say hi, Corey. Hello, hello. (laughs) So... It's kind of early in the year when we're recording this, maybe a little bit later in the year when you're listening, but we were thinking a lot about having helping clients set up their retirement plan contributions for the year. And what does that look like when you're logging into your 401k and your 403b? It may be exactly the same as last year, so maybe you don't make any changes. But sometimes we get questions about how much people should be contributing, but also Like what kind of contribution should they be selecting? Sometimes you can do pre-tax, you can do Roth, and there are a lot of benefits to doing both. And I often get the question about what's better. Like should I do pre-tax, should I do Roth, should I do a combination of the two? So it really depends on who you ask. If you ask your accountant and you're in a pretty high income tax bracket, they're probably gonna tell you you should do pre-tax contributions because they really want you to get that tax deduction right now. But we don't wanna just focus completely on your tax situation right this second. We also wanna be paying a lot of attention to what your tax obligations are going to be in retirement. And one thing that we can't know and we can't predict is what tax rates will be in the future. So today we're just going to kind of spend some time talking about like what's the benefit of pre-tax, what's the benefit of Roth, and how do we spend time comparing those two benefits? Where do we land? All that kind of stuff. And it can be different for different people. So it's, you know, it's not a cookie cutter response. It's not one size fits all necessarily, but we'll spend some time just educating people hopefully on how to make that decision for themselves and take a lot of things into consideration that maybe we don't every day. Anything else to add there, Corey? No, as usual, it depends. Everyone's circumstances <laughs> are different. Um, so, and, and like Rochelle said, there's no one size fits all. And, you know, there's the kind of math and logic side of the equation, which can help dictate it, but some of it's just personal preference. Um, I mean, the most important thing is that you're saving for retirement. Um, so, you know, first and foremost, we want to make sure we're doing that. But uh, the pre tax versus Roth can uh, um, you know definitely could could help you uh, while you're working or in retirement from a tax perspective. So quick overview of the differences. So pre-tax contributions is you get a tax deduction when you contribute. So for simple math, let's say you make a hundred thousand dollars this year and you put ten thousand dollars into your 401k or 403b at work pre-tax. Well, the IRS is only going to tax you on 90000 of income. Pretty cool. It's like the government's giving you a high five for saving for retirement. Nice government we have. Um, you invest the money however you want to. They usually give you a menu of choices to pick from. Uh, if you don't pick anything, they usually default you to an age-based portfolio, which is fine, especially if you're starting out. Um, the money within these qualified retirement plans is tax-sheltered. So you don't pay any taxes as long as the money stays inside the account. 
Uh, but when you go to withdraw the money from the account in retirement, all that pre-tax money is going to be taxable in retirement at ordinary income rates. So you know, whatever you withdraw in retirement, treat the amount you withdraw as if you worked and earned it as income and you're taxed accordingly at whatever the going rate is for that year. And as you're probably all aware, taxes change over time. Every time we get a new president, they want to change taxes around. So sometimes some years will be higher than others, some years will be lower than others. But pre-tax, you save on taxes while you're working, but you're just putting your taxes off until retirement. Roth is the opposite. If you put money into a Roth account, you're still taxed, or if you make a Roth contribution to your account, I should say, you're still taxed at your full income level, so there's no tax deduction today. But all the money you withdraw in retirement from a Roth account is tax-free. So, you know, what are the two things that are certain, Rochelle? Death and taxes. You know, it's just the <laughs> You're going to pay your taxes. It's just a matter of when or how. You know, Do you want to pay it today or do you want to pay it in retirement? Either way, you're paying your taxes, um, but you can kind of be strategic about it depending on where your current income and tax bracket is in relation to where you think it might be in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when we're trying to make all these decisions using math and logic, like the, the important thing to know about math and logic and 30-year projections is that we are building in so many assumptions. So I'm there, <laughs> it's not going to be perfect. We're not going to be able to make a perfect decision with just math and logic. So some of it's going to be psychological, and we're going to talk about that today too. Like, you, you know, we can't just de depend on math and logic when – Obviously, it's not going to be accurate with a long-term prediction. It just can't be. So with both of these pre-tax and Roth accounts, it's important to know that there are some rules with them, and those rules will change over time as well. But as they are now, like we have a rule where most of that money is basically tied up in these retirement accounts until you're 59 and a half. And if you try to take it out earlier, you're probably going to pay some penalty taxes, which we want to avoid if possible. Just when you put it away, just think of it as like, I'm not touching that until I'm 60 or so. The other thing is that all of these plans, when we're thinking about retirement plans, are limited in terms of how much money you can actually get into them. So the IRS is not going to allow you to save an unlimited dollar amount on a tax-deferred basis. It's just not going to happen. With our um, any pre-tax retirement accounts, at some point the IRS is very likely going to say you have to start taking money out of this account. They don't want you to be able to defer taxes forever. Right now, like for most of our young listeners, those they're called required minimum distributions, but most of them probably won't happen until you're age 75 or so based on what the current law looks like if you're a young person saving right now. But still, at some point, they're going to force you to take that money out and pay taxes. Um, there's also lots of rules about inherited money. But you can kind of know that Roth money generally has some benefits for being inherited over pre-tax money, generally. Um, but again, like all of those rules can change over time. So we don't know exactly what this looks like for someone who's 35 right now. And we're thinking about, you know, 40, 50 years from now. Um, the other thing is that there's two different places we can make retirement contributions. So one is going to be at work. And the other is going to be through an inherit or, or like an individual retirement account or an IRA. So that's like the traditional IRAs and the Roth IRAs of the world. 
with your work retirement plan, that's your 401k, your 403b, your 457b. You will always have a pre-tax option, so you can always do those pre-tax savings and get that tax deduction now. You will sometimes have a Roth option. Employers are not required to offer Roth savings, but most employers do. I would say, I don't know, what do you think, Corey? Like 60, 70% probably of plans have a Roth option at this point, maybe even more? Oh, I would probably put it upwards of 90. I, I mean, it's, You think so? Yeah, if, as long as they've been updating their plan documents, there's no reason why they shouldn't offer it because it's just a boxy check. And I think with the new Secure Act 2.0, um, I don't know if it's required to have a Roth option, but they implemented those provisions where like the catch-up contributions for age 60 to 63 has to be Roth or like, yeah. some other. And um, so I would almost think moving forward, to, yeah. yeah, they'd have to have a Roth option in order to comply with that new Secure Act. Yeah, I definitely know that for some of my trainee clients, like people in residency and fellowship, there are definitely a few plans at some of the larger hospitals out there that are pre-tax only, which is honestly kind of surprising. Like, why are you not offering a Roth option in this day and age? But, you know, if you do only have pre-tax, well, you know, you're still saving for retirement. We're going to talk about pros and cons of each, but saving is better than not saving, period. <laughs> so that, that's something to always keep in mind, even if, you know, it's not as good as the other option, at least you have an option to save. So today we're going to talk about, you know, the, the different options of saving into these two types of plans, like the work retirement plans and the IRAs or Roth IRAs. One thing that I want to touch on just before we move on is that for most people, when we're talking about the individual retirement accounts or IRAs, when you get to a certain income level, like the traditional IRA would generally be a pre-tax contribution, so you get a tax deduction for it. But once you make a certain amount of money, you don't get a tax deduction for putting money into that account. So there's no value at all, really, to make a pre-tax IRA contribution if you can't take a tax deduction for it because you put it in, you don't get a tax deduction, and you pay income taxes on the growth. So that's not valuable. Um, the Roth IRA, you also can't make direct contributions into if you make over a certain dollar amount, but there's like this fancy backdoor Roth, you can learn all about that in separate blog posts and podcast episodes. But just know that at some point, you can't get a pre-tax contribution into an IRA, so there's no value there, but you can potentially still do a Roth account. So once in a while, we're just limited to the options that are available to us. Yeah, and that's kind of how I help people I guess save for retirement. It's like, let's max out what we can, what, mm -hmm. what's available to us. And then beyond that, you know, we still probably need to save additionally if you're in practice for retirement. So some things to consider when you're trying to decide whether to make pre-tax or Roth contributions or a combination. I mean, you can do both if you'd like. Um, the big one is your income. Income now versus income later in your career versus what do you think you might need in retirement? So if you're in a lower income and tax bracket currently, Roth probably makes sense. Like if you're in training still, unless your spouse makes a ton of money, like you probably want to do Roth. Now, if you're at the peak earnings level of your career, depending on what that is in relation to the tax brackets, but you know, if you're making potentially mid to high six figures or more, 
that pre-tax looks pretty attractive. You know, between federal and state taxes, you could be saving upwards of 40% in taxes a year on your contributions if you make them pre-tax. So you kind of got to look at the tax brackets where your income falls. And, um, you know, again, some of it's just personal preference. Do you value the tax deductions today or do you want more tax-free money in retirement? No right or wrong there. That's just a personal mm-hmm. choice. I think it's also like, making Roth contributions now take some question marks out of it. Like it's paying a tax that you know right this second versus a tax that you do not know when you're retired. And I think for people that are really risk averse, I think Roth contributions can be really attractive. Yeah, for sure. Um, So when we're looking at tax brackets, we want to look at your highest marginal income bracket. And you can just Google tax brackets and find, uh, you know, so the first money you make is taxed at a lower rate than the last dollars you make per year. So like for example, if you're married you're and, and you make $22,000 or less, you only pay a 10% federal tax rate. If you make more than 22,000, the first 22,000 is taxed at 10% and then above 22,000 is taxed at a slightly higher rate. So, you know, sometimes we'll we'll run into people that are like, "Oh, I'm in the 37% tax bracket. I need to save on taxes." And it's like, "Well, yeah, technically you're in the 37% tax bracket, but it's only like $10,000 of your earnings that actually fall into that bracket. The rest of your earnings are taxed at a much lower rate. So there's your marginal tax rate, which is that tax bracket that your top income dollars fall into. You know, your what's your gross income for the year? You know, and then look at the sheet. Where, where do you fall on the marginal tax scale? And then there's your effective tax rate. So you might be in the 37% bracket, but your effective tax rate might only be like 29%. Um, you know, so it's a weighted average, if you will. But anyways, when you're making your retirement contributions, it's it's essentially saving you, if you're doing pre-tax, off of that top bracket. So if you are in the 37% bracket and you're reducing your income by the amount of money you contribute pre-tax to your retirement plan, you're saving at 37% on the tax side of things. So it's pretty appealing there. Um, but like Rochelle said, we, you know, we know what our taxes are now. We don't know what they're going to be in retirement. Um, you know, and I kind of, there's a big jump, um, from the 24% bracket. The next one up is the, uh, 32% bracket. So, you know, like for example, uh, and then married filing jointly versus single, you know, you're going to be in a different tax scale as well. So depending on your tax filing status. So for example, like if you make $325,000 of household income filing jointly, your top federal tax bracket is 24%. It's not too bad. However, if you're single and make 325,000, your top federal bracket is 35%. So there is a little bit of a tax benefit to being married. Don't go get married because you could potentially reduce your taxes. That's probably not smart. <laughs> Um, but you know, like for me personally, I'm a, I'm a fan. If you're in the 24% or less tax bracket, I kind of like the Roth contributions. Um, if you're in the 32% or above bracket, I, I like the pre-tax contributions, but that's just me personally. You might have a different, uh, thought on the matter, but what do you think, Rochelle? I think for me, it kind of depends on how much people are able to save too. Like if people are saving a bunch of money, even if they're in a 32% tax bracket, I might encourage them to do like a good chunk of their money pre-tax, but also some Roth savings too. 
because then like when you get to retirement, you've got some choices about when and how you pay taxes because now you've got different buckets. You've got some pre-tax money you know you're going to have to pay taxes on, but you have some Roth money you know you don't have to pay taxes on. So let's say we get to retirement and all of a sudden, you know, I don't know, let's say like there's a big war and like we start raising taxes like we did during World War II, which I think is maybe slightly far-fetched that (laughs) that exact scenario would happen. But let's just say taxes are fairly high. You at least have some money in a bucket where you can pull it out and not pay taxes. So I I like the thought of having some control. But I agree, like, you know, if you're in a 32% plus tax bucket, I think those pre-tax contributions are pretty attractive. So doing at least some of them on that basis is is great. Yeah. Other things to consider, cash flow. You know, if you make Roth contributions, it's going to mean less money that you receive uh, on your take-home paycheck because that's an after-tax contribution. Um, but it's also kind of a forced additional savings, if you will. You know, by making a Roth deposit, you're in essence, saving more because that money is tax-free in retirement. Other things to consider, how many years you have until you retire. The longer the money is going to be invested, the more time it has to potentially grow tax-free. And then that Roth money, again, coming out is all tax-free. So, you know, you have a potentially larger pool of money available without any taxes on it. Um, You know, or is it the tail end of your career? You know, you, you, if you're retiring in a few years, you're not. You probably don't expect to see a ton of growth between now and a few years from now. So, um, you know, the tax deferred growth isn't as uh, appealing. I mean, it's still nice, but it's not, you know, as grand as it could be if you started, you know, 40 years prior. I think it's like at that point, the tax savings that you get right now is probably more beneficial than than anything else, likely. Yeah, later in the career, the tax savings could be nice, especially if you're you're you know, at the top income bracket. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just the overall breakdown of your current retirement savings, pre-tax versus Roth already. You know, and, and again, I kind of just well, we're kind of pigeonholed into whatever the rules are. We can make a contribution of twenty-two thousand five hundred to the workplace plan. We can do sixty-five hundred this year to the IRA. Well, if we're doing the backdoor Roth on the IRA side. You know, we're getting some money into the Roth, and then we're, you know, we could do the remaining 22.5 as pre-tax. So you kind of have a combination already. Um, another thing to consider is your employer contributions. Like if your employer makes a large profit-sharing deposit, you know, maybe you have an employer that's putting 40,000 a year into the retirement plan. That's all going to be pre-tax money. And you're going to have to pay taxes on it when you're in retirement. So you have a very generous employer, which is great. um, But maybe we decide in that scenario to make our personal contribution Roth just to get a little bit of a balance. You know, we're going to have a large chunk of money as pre-tax when we retire. And then, you know, less as Roth. But it gets you a, a little bit of a, you're diversifying from a tax standpoint. So that when you're in retirement, like Rochelle said, years where taxes are really high, we can pull out of the Roth bucket. Years where taxes are really low, pull out of the pre-tax bucket and pay taxes at lower rates. So you can exercise a little bit of control over what your taxes will be in your your golden years. Yeah, definitely. I like having choices personally. I think that's why Roth contributions are, are so appealing to me personally, is that I like having flexibility. I like having choices. I like paying taxes now when I know exactly what that tax rate will be. 
Um, I think there's one example that we kind of want to walk through with you all. And this, we're going to use some really round numbers here just because it, it's a little easier to follow. Um, but let's just say, you know, we're going to take like a $10,000 work plan contribution. And we know we have $10,000 we can put into this work plan and we can either do it pre-tax or Roth. So let's say you're at a point where you're like 30 years from retiring. We know this money is going to be invested for 30 years. So we're going to walk through what does that look like if we invest it on a pre-tax basis? What does it look like if we invest it on a Roth basis? So starting with pre-tax, let's assume we are investing our $10,000 on a pre-tax basis in the 401k. And let's assume we're at like a 25% tax bracket, which is not even an existing tax bracket. But let's assume that's about how much you save on taxes. So you save $2,500 on taxes. This is a big part of the assumption and a big part of the argument for pre-tax savings, but let's assume you are very responsible and you turn around and you invest the $2,500 that you saved on taxes into something else. Or, you know, we know we can save more into our 401k now because we have, a, we have, 2000, we have extra money, basically, we saved on taxes. We're going to invest it. If you don't turn around and invest that money, like this math doesn't make sense. So this, it's pretty big that, that we're assuming this here. So your $12,500 that you've now invested grows at an average rate of return of 8%, which means that in about 30 years, it's worth $126,000. And let's assume you're in retirement, your expenses are a little bit lower, and you only pay 20% in taxes. Again, pretty big assumption, but we have to make assumptions because we don't know what your tax rate's going to look like. So at that point, if you're paying 20% in taxes, you net about $100,000. What if, you're, if your taxes are higher? It's going to be less. You know, maybe we only get, if you pay 30% on your withdrawals, you only get $88,000. Um, so again, using some basic assumptions, we reinvest the money we saved on taxes. Your money grows at 8%, 30 years. Maybe we have $100,000 of spending money in retirement. If you instead invest that money in a Roth account in your 401k and that same $10,000, we don't have extra money because we didn't have tax savings, but that same $10,000 grows at an average rate of return of 8%, it's probably going to be worth about $100,000 in 30 years. So it's almost a wash, but I think that with the pre-tax money, we have to make a lot more assumptions about what the tax rate is in the future what you're doing with the extra money you saved on your taxes, and all of those pieces. With the Roth money, we know exactly what we did right now. We know much more about the future because it's just less dependent on what happens in the future. So what do you think, Corey? Like, pick it apart. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, it, trying to predict the future is always a challenge. So um, you, you kind of just have to go with the information that you have. And, and one thing you can do to help a little bit is, is look at what your expected expenses are going to be in retirement. Just ballpark. We don't need to try and figure out what our utility bill 30 years from now is going to look like. You know, just a lot of, you're not going to need as much money, most likely, in retirement to support the same lifestyle that you're living today. You know, student loans are hopefully gone, so we don't have those payments. Kids are hopefully out of the house, so we don't have the kid-related and child-care-related costs. Um, you know, mortgage is most likely paid down or potentially paid off, so we don't have that payment. 
I mean, you're probably not eating as much as an 80 year old as you are in your 30s chasing after young kids. Um, you know, so there's going to be less expenses in retirement, but those can be replaced by you know higher healthcare costs, more travel, charitable giving, whatever. Um, but if you you know hypothetically say you you think you're going to need about a hundred thousand a year in today dollars to support your lifestyle, okay, we can reverse solve. So using today's tax brackets, what does that look like? Um, you know, and that could help dictate: do we want to do pre-tax versus Roth? Um, you know, in relation to where we're at today with with our income and taxes. Again, no right or wrong answer there. Um, you know, so a lot of things you can look at. You know, tax bracket today, expected tax bracket in the future, which is going to change. Um, but, you know, effective tax rates have been a lot more consistent over time than the marginal tax rates. So you know, it's not like your taxes are going to double in retirement. I would be surprised if they do or get cut in half. Um, the other thing, kind of going back to whether to do pre-tax and Roth when you're looking at um, cash flow and employer contributions, you know, we talked about if your employer makes a large profit sharing deposit, maybe you make Roth contributions for the personal side to get some balance. Well, if you're self-employed and you have a, a solo 401k, for example, and you can do the full 66,000 this year yourself, you know, split up between the employee portion of 22.5 and the employer portion, portion, which is the rest, maybe you do the employee portion is Roth and, and the employer per, portion is pre-tax. So you get the best of both worlds. We're, we're saving taxes on $43,500 of our contributions this year. And, and we're also putting 22,500 into a bucket that'll hopefully grow over time. And, and we don't have to pay taxes on in retirement. So everything's kind of dependent on circumstances um, which may not be super helpful, but just gives you some food for <laughs> thought here, the variables to consider. Absolutely. I think one other thing to consider is that because there are limits on how much money you can put into these accounts, um, especially on like the, the work plan side, you know, you can only put $22,500 in there. And if you do that on a pre-tax basis, it's going to, probably I'm assuming the investments are the same that money is going to grow at the same rate as the Roth money but when you take the pre-tax money out you have to pay taxes on it when you take the Roth money out you don't so that $22,500 that's all you can put in it is worth more to you in retirement if it's saved on a Roth basis um, so it just you know amplifies your ability to save in a tax deferred way or in a tax beneficial way um yeah. Yeah. So for example, like if I decide to make my 401k contributions on a Roth basis and Rochelle makes hers on a pre-tax basis and, and we do the same thing, invest in the same stuff throughout our career. And let's say we each have a million dollars in our 401ks at retirement. Well, for Rochelle who made pre-tax contributions, all that money is going to be taxable coming out. So she may only get about 700,000 of spending money you know, over the years when, when she withdraws it from that account. Whereas I'm going to get a million dollars of spending money because I don't pay any taxes on that Roth money. So um, that's where, back to the earlier part, the big assumption, like in order for pre-tax to outpace Roth over time, you got to invest the tax savings. And that could be into a brokerage account or whatever. Um, but if you're just saving the exact same amount, pre-tax versus Roth, 
sure you're lowering your tax bill today, but if you're just spending that extra money and maybe you like to do that, you know, Hey, we get more <laughs> fun today. It's lifestyle, you know, that fine. That's nothing wrong with that. But just from a pure math standpoint, um, in order for the math to work out, we got to make sure we're investing the difference, um, in order for it to, to pan out in your favor. Yep. And when you're investing the difference, like like that tax savings, let's say you maxed out your retirement plan at work, you know you saved a certain dollar amount of taxes, you want to make sure you're being productive with that. It goes into a brokerage account at that point, just a general investment account. So you're going to pay taxes on the gains in that account, which is okay. Like if you pay taxes on it, it's because you made money. But it, it's definitely like a whole other ball game in terms of tax treatment at that point. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we did do an entire episode on just breaking down how taxes work in different accounts. So if you guys are interested in listening to that, I think that one's a good listen to just how does this work with the taxes? And then also like for those of you who are above the income limit to make Roth IRA contributions, we do think that's generally pretty valuable. Again, like it all depends on individual circumstances, but generally that's a that can be a pretty valuable tool. So Lots of blog posts and podcast episodes on backdoor Roth contributions, too, if you're interested in learning more about that one. A lot of good stuff. Anything else mm-hmm. you can think of? No. I mean, saving more is always better. Well, I don't know. <laughs> always is a terrible, terrible word. <laughs> It'll get to where you want to go sooner, I suppose. Yeah. If, that's, if you consider that better, then great. If not... That's great, too. Yep. <laughs> well, thank you for listening, everyone. If you do have questions, reach out. Let us know. Happy to field questions when needed. See you next time. We would love to hear your feedback and suggestions for future topics you'd like us to cover. You can get in touch with the show by emailing podcast at thefinitygroup.com or by following Finity Group on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Finity Group LLC. You can follow me on Twitter at Corey Janoff CFP, Instagram at Corey Janoff, or on LinkedIn under my name, Corey Janoff. You can follow me on Twitter at Rochelle Finance or on Instagram, Vanderzanden Rochelle, or on LinkedIn under my name, Rochelle Vanderzanden. Check out all of the podcast episodes on the affinitygroup.com slash podcast on our Finity Group YouTube channel or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to check out our Financial Clarity blog at affinitygroup.com slash blog. Thanks for listening to this episode of Financial Clarity for Doctors by Finity Group, LLC.